Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. We're going to do uh, part two with Apostle Rion. Uh, I know you already did this in the first episode that we did together, but greet everybody. Tell everybody a little bit about you. Hey, good day, guys. It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm Rion Delanger from South Africa, and we're part of a group and a church movement called His Church, and it's an apostolic work. And as we previously said in the previous recording, that we are a multicultural, multiracial church, and we believe in a victorious church, and a church that is getting ready for the receiving of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And at the end of the day, I believe one of the great keys at the end is what we call success. Amen. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Even though we talked a lot about, um, in, our, in our previous podcast, uh, racism, as we deal with it, it in the world, some in the church, but uh, in the world. And we, if it, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to that last podcast and it seems like I ended it abruptly, I did that on purpose because Apostle Rian said something uh, in, in our conversation that I knew was going to take the conversation a whole nother way. And I want to do that. We're going to do that now. But we had, uh, it's just like, okay, I don't want this to be super long episode. Let's take that and make it part two. But in the context of racism, as we're dealing with it in the, in the world, but now even at, at, at times, I should say, in the church, the Bible has the answer for it. Uh, and we are all supposed to be one new man. Not, uh, it's not segregated or divided, or should say, I should say that it shouldn't be divided by race, cultures, ideologies, in that regard. It should all center around Christ, and we should be new in Christ. So uh, did you have any uh, other comments on that aspect, Rian? Yeah, I did. I actually wanted to read the scripture, and uh, believe it or not, I just, I just flipped my Bible to another page. <laughs> so let me just quickly open it up again and just read that portion that he says there that we are one body and he says there that it's, it's in Corinthians that but in fact God has placed the parts of the body every one of them just as he gave them and it sounds a little strange if I read it but what he says there coming back to verse 12 he says there that just and let me just say it again okay so it's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is in Christ that we were baptized by one spirit so that we form one body, whether we are Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were given one spirit to drink, meaning that because of the, call it then, the indwelling of Holy Spirit, it is no longer a racial thing. It's no longer a, even a political thing. It is about the spirit of Jesus Christ residing within us. And that makes us this new creation. And now we are in this new body called the body of Christ. Right. So uh, let's, let's veer off of the, um, the 
racism aspect for just a moment because uh, there was something else that we were talking about, and that was uh, success. Sure. Just, just growing and, and being more and more successful. Now, um, what you just read about us being in the body, all these different members, but each member being uh, very, very important, just like the members of our own body. My, sure. my fingers are just as important as my toes, just as important as my arm, just as important as my eye. They're all extremely important, and they all go into making up who I am as a whole. Yes, exactly. And the abilities that I have. The unique thing about the body of Christ is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. Yes. So, of course, uh, uh, just briefly, on the racism end, that should end all racism in the church. It should. Because the church has the answers to racism. And that's in Christ. And, and it is basically like he just said there, we should drink then therefore of the spirit. Of the now spirit, it is, yes. it is a, a symbolism. I mean, it's not like we're physically opening up a tap and goggling down right, right. leaders and leaders of, of some other spirit. Uh, right. it's, it's not what it means. What it means is we are becoming filled with one and the same spirit which is right. then the spirit of christ himself holy spirit right so in that regard uh regardless of where we're at yes. in the world color of our skin sure. our background mm -hmm. uh how can i put this it's we drinking of the same spirit sure we all have the same spirit if sure. we're truly saved and we're truly in christ exactly. christ is in us same Holy Spirit. It's not a cultural Holy Spirit, no. like Holy Spirit of Africa, Holy Spirit of America. No, no. same Holy Spirit. Yeah. Meaning and bringing us to that place of where we can now, uh, using the language we did before, level sure. the playing field. Sure. We're looking eye to eye, sure. not one above the other, we're not sure. below the other. Yeah. Eye to eye because of Christ. Exactly. And I think this opens up a little bit of, call it the internal politics of, of the church because we tend to find... And, and again, you know, we want to move away from the term racism, but it's kind of like color-coded a little bit that we want to call it now a unity and diversity within the church. Yeah. And, 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 and I think between me and you, I think that is one of the best examples. I mean, I met you, what, 10 years ago out on the ranch? At least, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, walked straight up to you, greeted you, grabbed you by the hand, and immediately there was a connection. Yeah, we were friends since then. From from then, we didn't have a unity meeting. We didn't have a luncheon. <laughs> right. Uh, we, I mean, we didn't pray and fast together. Uh, it was just that kindred spirit immediately joining, right. knowing that this is it. I recognize you're a man of God. I knew God is using you. Um, and sometimes in the body of Christ, we 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 tend to want to force fed unity, like you right. know. We want to make sure that all these different type of churches, oh, they have to be together. They have to be on the right. same page. And I think we miss the idea of where he says that we are many members. I mean, you've got right. a finger and you've got an eye and you've got a tone, you've got a liver. And I mean, right. the one does not entirely look exactly like exactly. the other. And some function a little different from the other. Um, I think the key about it is all that we can recognize and say, hey, we are part of the body, yet we are different. Mm -hmm. And that does not open the door for racism. It right. does not. It just opens the door for still being united, but having that diversity yeah. of yeah, yeah. color, character, um, culture. Yeah, so even, so uh, 
if it does open up the door for well let me let me say this it does not open the door for racism no but if racism exists and they're using those types of things as an excuse for it sure that's a work of the flesh it is the flesh because again now the flesh wars against the spirit yeah and the the big thing that the only thing that can unite the body is the spirit of exactly yeah so meaning that somewhere we are lacking uh, being filled with the spirit yes. all the time. Yes. I think we can call that because here is a strange phenomena uh, and it's, it's not a doctrine. It's just something that I observe. People get born again, they get saved and they get filled with the spirit. But along the way, their gas tank kind of like runs on empty and they start leaning into the arm of the flesh and yeah. they need to do things that make it look like the move of the spirit is in the church. Right. And maybe it's down a rabbit trail here, but uh, that that does not form or make unity. Uh, I mean, I love having lunch with you guys, but a luncheon, it doesn't change a hard attitude towards a certain right. brother or a certain group or a certain whatever, except the Spirit of God. Exactly. That can bring the change. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so we we talk about that and 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 it's clear it's clear from scripture it's just clear from just what you see and can observe in sure. people that are truly spirit filled and following the spirit exactly that that kind of division cannot happen sure and 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 again division we have to observe it is it diversity or is it division because right, flesh right, right. because flesh brings division yeah diversity is like i see you different i acknowledge you i respect you right yeah, because, you know, mentioned like we have uh, fingers and toes. Yeah. They, they, they're not created or designed to do the exact same function. If, if my toes can, can grab a bar like my hands, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a mutant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so they, they even belong in certain places to exactly. do the, the work that they need to do for the overall health of the body. Sure. I mean, you, you cut off a finger and, and then sew it onto your foot. It might do something, but it's not going to do fully what a, the toe is supposed to exactly. do and vice versa. And I think that has got a lot to do with getting the body mature. Mm-hmm. And again, another pet, pet subject <laughs> is uh, understanding the, the, the giftings of Christ and yeah. understanding that the apostolic is very relevant and alive yes. today even more so because we right. need to get the body to a place of maturity right maturity and that's important and in, in our in our last episode we spoke also about i just gave that brief um uh, testimony of what that young lady told me sure uh about how the church she came from a lot of people and and ladies and gentlemen this is in the same town same socioeconomic group it's not like i'm in beverly hills which is very wealthy and somewhere she came from you know the ghetto Mm -hmm. very poor this is across the board here where we're at Mm -hmm. uh she and i didn't know this so i just didn't look for this because i didn't know to look for it but she was giving us uh the testimony of how when she came here she started connecting with other single moms and sure and come to the realization that uh, uh, her old church was filled with single moms and people, families on welfare and social programs like that. But here they're not because the single moms here and just families in general, we, we take it very seriously about improving ourselves, exactly. being successful, not for the sake of just putting more money in our pocket in that sense, but mm-hmm. just becoming what God has called us to be on every level. 
it's interesting if you look at, at, at the view from your own physical body. I mean, the, the design of this physical flesh body that we're staying in, if you cut it with a knife, there is something inside of it, a genetic code that wants to repair itself. Right. It wants to heal itself. It yep. wants to better itself. It exactly. wants to, to fight off diseases and things like that. Right. And if we bring that same thought to what you were just saying, if you truly within the body, there's got to be something within that body that wants to better you, right. get you stronger, yeah. get you more fit, get you more healthy, get you financially healthy, get the... Uh, uh, the, the brokenness and yeah. I mean brokenness can translate into many things emotional brokenness fa family brokenness financial brokenness and I like the term I'm broke you know when you the, yeah you're right. right your money is broken yeah uh, and and heal your money get financially healed get 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 all those things because why the body is supposed to heal itself yeah that's why I love uh, by the way ladies and gentlemen um, I'm gonna give a plug for dr. Bill Emmerd of Emmerd Chiropractic here in Lancaster. He, uh, is that Palmdale? It doesn't matter. Here in the AV, Lancaster. Emmerd Chiro Chiropractic, I'm going to quote him. He says all the time, the body knows how to heal itself and wants to heal itself when, it's, when you're sick, broken, whatever. Wants to heal itself. You just have to give it what it needs to do the work. And you know, oh, yeah, now you just opened a whole can of worms <laughs> because uh, the Lord knows his body. And he gave his body five very unique giftings and tools yes. that has the ability to heal itself. And yeah. firstly, he gave apostles right. and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Yes. And if we can just get to a healthy understanding how these things all fit together and work, the body will heal itself. It will come because the word of God cannot change. It right. cannot lie. It will right. come to maturity. Exactly. We will come to the place where we will start being the body that he has envisioned from the beginning. Right. And, and that's so true. And that's, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I want to take this conversation. We talked about success. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what we're talking about in regards to success. Uh, yes, that could be financial. Sure. You know, moving up the, the corporate ladder. Hey, if, I've, I've, I've been <clears throat> poor. I've had money. Money is better. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But more than just even the financial aspect, just remember you have Christ in you. Yeah. If you're, if you're a born-again believer, you have Christ in you. How can you not grow? Exactly. And, and I'll use kind of more of a business kind of language for just a moment so everybody understands this. You have Christ in you, so how can you not become more marketable? Yeah. on every level in every area of your life in other words if you come to christ i'll just put it like this if you come to christ and you happen to be on welfare sure i mean that's not a sin you, no, you need not. help you need to help hey some sometimes you stumble and you need a hand to get up <clears throat> right that's exactly fine. and it's supposed to be a hand up not a hand out but if you're Ooh, if you're good. still on welfare just say it one more time that was good yeah it, it, that's uh, you know welfare or anything like that it's, it's supposed to be a hand up, up. Not, a, not hand a hand out. Wow, that's powerful. But some people get into that systematic hand out mentality and stay there. Mm. That's the flesh. Sure, that is. Because someone who's truly in Christ and following the Spirit of Christ mm -hmm. is going to become more successful, better themselves, become more of who they are and look more like Christ. And they'll grow out of that because they see it more of a hand up. I get you. Than just a way of life mm -hmm. and I think you know if, if we can honestly say let's let's 
let's aim for maturity. Let's aim for, yeah. for burying ourselves. Yeah. Let us get to the platform where the body are really starting to function. Mm -hmm. We will see something different. And, and as much as we are, call it, hanged up with, with the apostles and the prophets and, and trying to get those things functioning, uh, we, we might have an outside view saying, but why you keep on saying those same things? But at the end of the day, we are saying it with, with an outcome-based idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to be called an apostle. I have no need. Right, right. I mean, nobody has to call me apostle. I am an apostle. Yeah. Um, but I don't need the recognition of the apostleship. I need the body to receive it and to get to the place where they can mature because we... Right. As, as a whole, we have a whole different thing to do. Yeah. You know, the body shouldn't just lay in ICU the whole time and get healed. We have to get out and go back to the battlefield. Yeah. There is work to be done and the body needs to get up. And the tools that God has given, like your doctor spoke about, your body has its own way to heal. Just give him what he needs. Yeah, exactly. God knows what he needs. And what he needs is the apostolic, the prophetic the evangelistic, the pastoral teacher. That yeah. means that even in those giftings, though we have delved into them and we have kind of like mined within it and taken out a lot, there is still something of a mystery there that mm -hmm. we need to revisit because as a whole, uh, recently I just came from CI International Conference and Dr. Bill Hammond that kind of like led the whole apostolic revolution for the past 30 years right yeah and i look at the church as a whole and yes we have progressed yes we have grown yes we've come known to it but i still reflect on it and see but we're not there yet right we are still lacking something mm -hmm. and the word can never lie right the word exactly. is always the truth that means that there is still a dynamic of do we understand the apostolic truly do we understand the prophetic truly uh the the Prophetic is not just foretelling. It's not fortune telling. It, the, right. There is another dynamic that we have to revisit. The evangelist is not just to, to get people out of hell and into heaven, right. uh, which in, in general is fine. I mean, let's, let's yeah, get yeah. them out of hell. That's but, important. But yeah. <laughs> that's very important. But there's got to be more to it because it's an in-body thing. Right. It's an in-body thing. And we always say, but the evangelist has to be outside there. But somehow God has given him insight. And yeah. for the past, again, 20 years, if I look back and I look at evangelists, most of them were inside the church. Mm -hmm. But they didn't bring many people into the church. Right. So, so there is still a mystery we have to resolve. Again, the pastor teacher married to the church. And I think that probably has come to maturity. But yet at the same time, we can see it has, has suffered quite a lot. So we need to revisit what are, what are these tools the Lord gave and the function to get the body to a healed place, a mature place, that we can get to our original intention of our mandate, what we have to be. Exactly. So, <clears throat> excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, Christ in us, we in Christ, and because of that dynamic Sure. It should lead to certain levels of success, to use that word. Yes. Becoming who we're supposed to really sure. be. And um, I know we were just looking at some scriptures just a few minutes ago before we, we pushed the record button. And um, 
I want to kind of go there because we were also talking about the Seven Mountain Mandate and what that means. And, and so this is some of the issues that I see. I know this, and I don't want to delve too, too deep into it because I want to hear what you have to say. But sure. I know from Scripture we are supposed to be ruling and reigning in the earth. Sure, I believe right? that. We are supposed to literally be controlling all the, I'll use the Lance Wallnow-ism, the mind molders of all culture societies should be controlled by Christians. Sure. I know a lot of people are going to have a problem with that even in the church, but exactly. it's just the truth. It's yeah. biblical. And praise God, at least around here, and I know that it's not just here, but some places that, you know, a lot of places are experiencing these types of things where people are at, starting to get spiritually healthy enough to where things mm. such as welfare are not needed. Sure. Because they're moving beyond that. But, and praise God for that. I thank God for that. However, we're still not at that place where we're seeing that move forward to a degree that we're controlling the major, you know, mind molders of culture and society. Yeah, yeah, you, that, that, that's a deep, 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 deep question, my friend, or deep statement. And I think, again, you know, the church is to blame. If I say church, yeah. I think there's church doctrine to blame. Yeah. If I think back of the whole COVID 2020 madness that happened, and I'm... I'm just reflecting on the evangelical church as a whole mm -hmm. that does do a phenomenal job. I mean, they are uh, in the forefront as far as theology and schooling, and I mean, they do a fantastic job. But I'm just thinking, I'm not going to name any prominent ones, but there's some prominent preachers that were preaching the Antichrist <clears throat> and the Mark of the Beast. Right. And, and they've been warning from America and from the pulpits for years and years saying, oh, right. oh, if he's going to come and if you don't get it, you're not going to buy food and oh. Right. And when they came out and said, you've got to wear the mask, you've got to get a vaccine, you've got to get all that. If you don't get it, you're not going to buy food. Right. And everybody ran down to the store, got their mask on and got the jab just because of food. Right. And I was like looking and observing. Now, now we... we we didn't buy into that whole theology, that, that kind of like philosophy. Yeah. Uh, some areas we were forced by our government. So you couldn't go into the store unless you had the mask on. And I mean, we, 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 we did it. Not, not for me, for them. Right. Um, but coming back to, let's say their doctrine is true. And we say that this was a trial run for the mark of the beast. Then, oh, what, 70 to 80% of the church failed on day one yeah failed in in a trial run <laughs> in their in their own doctrine that they are preaching right exactly and, and that's sad to me because it, it's one of these things that are crazy. oh so you're making this big deal just over wearing a mask i am not because of the mask itself it's not about the mask it's what was behind it exactly and it had not nothing to do with the disease it had everything to do about control yes and so much of the church was so willing to give up their mm, freedom Freedom. Give it, say it, freedom. Yeah. yeah. And the sovereignty of Christ in their life yeah. to the sovereignty of, was it Fauci and sure. the government and exactly. the CDC and the exactly. WHO, the World Health Organization. And, and, and it brings me back to the thing you were saying that, you know, like Walsh now is saying, we, we need to start positioning true born-again Christians that are yeah. spirit-filled into those positions. We need to get somebody there at the highest level of health. Right. We need exactly. to get somebody there in the highest levels of government. And here, I don't know how, how you guys deal with this in South Africa, or if, it, if you deal with this at all in South Africa, but here, so many Christians from the pulpit mm -hmm. 
preachers, pastors and such will preach how the church is to be completely separate from government because the government is corrupt, politics is corrupt, it's dirty, don't get involved. Mm-hmm. And and now we're seeing the fruit yeah. of what I I know to be failed doctrines. Sure. Because we've separated ourselves from the government. We so if we're not going to fill those shoes, mm-hmm. who's going to? You see, it's, there's that escapism mm-hmm. uh, mentality that we are struggling with and we have to fight and we have to address. Because the, the same book of Revelation that everybody's quoting, uh, saying, oh, the Antichrist is coming, say the following as well, that the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms yes. of our Lord and God. Yeah. And nothing's going to change, nothing's going to happen until we see these kingdoms come. Now, I know they say, oh, the devil is the Lord of the world. Uh, I beg to differ because if you read what Psalm 24 says, he says that the earth is the Lord's. Yes. And the fullness thereof, the world and all of the land. It does, however, say that Satan is the Lord of the worldly system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And even in that system, we need to rise up and kick the devil out yeah and i think you said it i think two or three years ago i can't remember in like just like in a passing by conversation and you said that the the whole rapture theory has done more damage to the world than good right and i pondered for a moment i thought about like yeah that's good that's real good and I was just kind of like going through the decades because it came out like in the early 70s, late, right. late, you know, late 80s, that area it came out. And in the 90s, it picked up. I mean, it was right. Right, big, right. big, big. It was a big thing. Every second guy was preaching the rapture. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds good. You know, it sounds like, oh, God is coming to save us. And I heard another gay guy say it's like this lowest lane syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, we get ourselves in all kinds of trouble and then we are praying for the Superman yeah, God. Exactly. Oh, help me, save me, I'm falling, you know. Right. Um, and what it did was we, we kind of like left everything for the heathens, if I may use that yeah, word. Absolutely. We, we left it for the un- unchurched, the un- unsaved, and there was the openings in the universities. There right. were the openings at doctors and politicians, and mm-hmm. they just jumped into it and just took everything over as we were getting ready to go out. Yep. And I remember there were so many pastors that they would, you know, they would buy out entire magazines and they would publish their theologies. Oh, Jesus is coming back on this day, oh, and yeah. oh, they were spending so much money. And they all look like fools at the end of the day because right. all of their predictions came to nothing. Right. Because they don't understand the simple scripture where it says, even the Christ himself doesn't know the day or the right. hour when he's coming back. Yep. Only the Father knows it. And mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge that some of these pastors, you are, well, they, we, they are spiritually proud because how can you say this is the day when Jesus doesn't even know it? Right, so right, so right. what gave you that closer walk with the father that you kind of like now a little you know one step higher than jesus to know everything the father is thinking right i could see like in in the middle of night father god visiting one of these preachers wake up wake up Mm. i gotta tell you a secret that you can't even tell my son jesus i mean come on you know what i mean it's like yeah you you're gonna have some information that 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 uh jesus and a lot of people say I've heard people say, see, Jesus can't be God because he doesn't know something. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's wow. all reference to, as we were talking about yesterday, the Hebrew exactly. uh, um, wedding, the ancient Hebrew wedding. Exactly. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, do some research. 
mm-hmm. and pastors. I'm going to tell you pastors, especially those of you who are big into the end time eschatology as taught mm-hmm. in most churches in America. Mm-hmm. Do some research on the Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew wedding as it was celebrated at the time of Christ. You will come away with a whole different idea because the true end time theology is all based upon the ancient Hebrew wedding. Exactly. So anyways, I'll, I'll leave you with that because that's a whole another discussion. Wow. That's powerful. But yeah, share with everybody that what we were talking about just a little while ago, or, or I see him opening up his Bible, wow. ladies and gentlemen. It's about to go down. It's about to get deep. It's about to be profound. So get ready for this. Ooh, and, and I'm split here between two, two verses now because you, you kind of like touched the nerve on something I want to talk about. And so, again, in time eschatology, you were using that very verse. And I was thinking, wow, you know, that is... That is something that, that we need to, to address. And I want to read a, a verse here in, in, in Luke chapter 19. And it's verse from 11. And I find it so profound because it's so fitting in our day and age. Because if you open, and I mean, I'm, I'm not on every social platform. But if I open Facebook, every second guy is an end time eschatologist, right. yeah, yeah. theology. Exactly. Oh, the end is coming. Jesus is near. <clears throat> Oh, the, the Antichrist is here, and it's, it's just like, right. I'm, I'm all for ringing the bell and get yourself ready. You know, it's better to stay ready than get yourself ready. So right. I'm not opposed to being ready. Right, right, right. You just know? just be ready. Just stay ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't, you know, it's like, <laughs> this is a little funny, but back in the day, you know, we, we were kind of like getting out of old school Pentecostalism, getting into the charismatic movement. And a big thing was like, you have to put on the armor of God. Oh, yeah, you've yeah. got to put it on. I remember that. And, and, and you have to wake up every morning and slap these things on you. Yeah. And you've got to put on that breastplate of righteousness. And I mean, I followed them. And I, by day seven, I was thinking, how many layers of armor do I have on now? Because <laughs> I don't remember taking it off. <laughs> I, I mean, I did, does it fall off when I climb in bed or what? Exactly. <laughs> we did the same thing. We had all kinds of prayers that were on laminated cars that, uh, cards that would walk us through every morning. I was doing it so diligently. And I'm like, I don't feel any different today than exactly. I did two weeks ago. Exactly. So we, we, <laughs> so we have to acknowledge also some silliness somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know Jesus had the had the, the the old version of the Facebook end time eschatology. Uh, there it's 19 verse 11, and he says that while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, because now listen to this. He is telling them a parable because, and we're going to reveal now why did he speak this parable? Because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought. That the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Right. Open up Facebook. Everybody's thinking the kingdom of God is going to appear at once. Right. Exactly. So meaning that this parable is fitting for now. Yeah. Now. Because look at it. Every right. second guy. I mean, he doesn't even go to church and he says, hey, get ready. Jesus is coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't been to church in 30 years. Yeah. Oh, the but, devil is here. You know, yeah, exactly. oh, stay away from the mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Um, so so, so <laughs> that's funny. But let's continue there. He says, because verse, verse 12, he says there, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. Pause a moment. Remember, it's a parable. Mm-hmm. So let me decode this parable. Here came Jesus Christ. He is appointed our king and lord. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Yeah. 
and he's coming back he's right. going to return exactly. amen hallelujah i mean if you can praise that little button that make the people oh, shout yeah. hallelujah give can a I, praise which one was it hey. yeah there it is there you go he <laughs> he is coming back yes. he is coming back absolutely so in this thing it is still our message he is coming back i've never said he's not coming back right. i'm saying he is coming back yeah but look at the next one and i like what the king james actually says there so he's, he took 10 servants and each gave them 10 pounds and he says work this occupy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah until i come yeah meaning the work of the church in a state of readiness in a state of being prepared for the return of Christ right. is to occupy. Right. And that word occupy, we, we, we fall a little bit short. It is like an army. It is a militant thing. Now, most Christians are occupied. They're occupied with Facebook. They're occupied with Netflix. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I don't think that's what it means. It's not what it means. Uh, and, and again, America is kind of like the guinea pig because they tend to occupy so many places because let's talk your recent, not yours, but the recent blunder of Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Occupying force is not the same as the conquering force. Right. Uh, let me go back to uh, when Saddam Hussein was invading Kuwait. The army came in, kicked butt three days later. It was all done and dusted. Mm -hmm. So the army did the job and it was finished then it was handed over to an occupying force right that had to stay in hostile territory but in a state of victory and staying there until another form of government mm -hmm. has been put in place right and this is where our doctrine kind of like falls on the ground because jesus christ did it all mm -hmm. he overcame all the enemies he booted them down the battle is won the war is over yeah. but now he is charging me and you to say occupy mm -hmm. in a state of victory right keeping my enemies at bay keeping the terrorists where they should be until i come to rule and reign right that is our job yeah i, I you know what it, it's it's interesting that you've said that because even in the in the church world we have this um, uh, how should you say it just this disconnect sure between several camps sure and one of the one, one of the camps we'll, we'll put like this the, the the camp that tends to focus on um, all the negative that's going on in the world sure and and their doctrines and what they teach and how they live is to combat that or hold on until. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus comes back to save us. Mm -hmm. not, they're not occupying. They're mm -hmm. just trying to survive. Sure. Then on the other side of this camp, you'll have the, uh, and it's usually in the form of some type of um, prosperity message. Sure. That they, they're preaching, they're teaching, and those two camps don't mix very much because sure. one camp is shooting at the other one. The other camp is doing their best to ignore it and act like everything. So one camp is everything's fine, everything is great, everything's rosy. The other camp is everything's going to hell in a handbasket, and they mm -hmm. can't seem to meet Find the middle. And and one, if they would, if they both, if both of them would understand their place and their rule and their their ability to work together, one side would be the warfare camp. Yeah, that goes in exactly, and 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 then does the combat needed to change it. Call it special operations. Yes, 
and then the other would be the occupying force because yes. the occupying force when they come in mm -hmm. they, I mean, it's not that they don't fight at all but their main focus is on building the infrastructure building that nation and making exactly. that nation look like their home nation more exactly so both are absolutely needed exactly so uh, i said that ladies and gentlemen and i'm going to say this in this sense if you're part of the camp that's looking and all you see is the warfare and antichrist is coming and everything like that um you're off a little bit and you can't look at the other side you're mm -hmm. off a little bit sure. same thing with the group on the other side if you're just about rosy you know grace and and prosperity and and all of that but you can't see the other side you're off a little bit exactly both are absolutely needed in 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 every military has mm -hmm. to have both of those working absolutely and for for everything to work the way it should. Same thing with the body of Christ. That's why throughout the New Testament and other places, we are seen as a military. We are, definitely. And I mean, yeah. Paul even goes into the whole body of armor yeah. of, of Christ. But it, I want to lean it back to another scripture that we spoke just, just earlier, and that is in, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. And he, he says this, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church mm -hmm. now that's a powerful statement itself because it, it, it deserves a little bit of, of kind of like chewing over what what is he saying he right. says god the father made jesus christ the head over everything right. for the sake of his church right wow that right. that's that's deep that's deep it's right. it, it, that deserves a sermon by itself i agree but then he adds on to it verse 23 and he says there which is his body right the fullness of him, who is that him? Jesus Christ, who fills everything in every way. You see, that brings right. us back to the occupying force because right. we are the body of Christ. Right. God made him the head. He's the champion, but we need to fill everything. What is everything? Everything is everything. Absolutely everything. And in every way. And that, that kind of like ties me back to, to our, our, our mutual friend, kind of like Lance Wallner, what he's saying about the seven mountains, that... We need true God Christian men in business. Yes. We need true God businessmen yes. in, in politics. We need them in the science field, the sports yes. field, uh, the entertainment business. Yes. We need to fall in every area and rule and reign, occupy, yeah. occupy, fall those seeds. What does occupy mean? I'm sitting here. You cannot sit here. Right. If you want to come in, we will meet you force by force. The kingdom yeah. suffers violence and the violent take by force. Yes. Uh, so there is spiritual forces, uh, mm -hmm. whether you believe it or not, they are there. And right. we need to enforce by the Spirit of God, okay, not yeah. by the flesh, by the Spirit of God. Right. We need to enforce this kingdom. It yeah. is a kingdom. Yeah. And it's going to be an everlasting kingdom. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, um, now you're going to get me going. Mm, I'm going to try my best not to. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Rion to come on here and be the guest, do most of the talking, so you hear the wisdom and the authority come from him. And he's triggering me. I'm being triggered. <laughs> uh, praise God. That's In good. a good way. That's good. Stir it up, brother. But I totally agree with you. I, my I've had such a uh, bad taste in my mouth. Sure. And this goes all the way back to when I was in high school mm -hmm. with the way, mm -hmm. I should say, the way that this eschatology is being taught sure basically in a nutshell the world's going to hell in a handbasket there's nothing we can do and i even heard preachers say this way back when 
just hold on till Jesus comes. Wow. Okay, now 16, 17 years old, high school, about to graduate, whole life ahead of me. No hope, no future. No hope, no future. Wow. I had a chance to go to college at that time. Sure. I, I put that off. I, I, I put it off because yeah, I mean, my well, idea. I, well, why? I go because Jesus is coming tomorrow. You're wasting your time. Exactly. Why prepare for a future I'm not going to have? Wow. And so, you know, that was so predominant. I, I'm not going to, you know, why, why spend all that time? I didn't like school anyways, but so why go through, <laughs> put myself through that just to be, you know, before I can really use whatever degree I get to have a future, I'm going to be checking out of here. Exactly. You know, or things are going to get so horrible yeah. that I'm going to be, you know, having to debate or decide whether I get the 666 tattooed on my forehead just so I can eat or, you know, so none of that made sense. Well, to are me. you going to be John Connor and fighting the resistance? You exactly. Know? Where was yeah. I going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly not sitting in a nice house, driving a nice car because I went and had the education and married a beautiful wife. I did. But Hallelujah. at that time, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to have any of that. So what's the point? Why waste the time, energy, effort and money? Mm. And I honestly, I blame that generation. Sure. I even blame this generation a little bit because they just kept up with it. It's exactly. nonsense, at least the way it's being taught. Exactly. And um, it, 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 it robs us of hope. Exactly. And it robs us of our future. Yes. And I literally, I did something dangerous. I tell Christians this. I did something very dangerous. Mm -hmm. I put aside all the books on eschatology. And, and I'm sure you remember all the videos and the, oh, even man. the movies and all. I put all that away. And all the blood moon teachings yeah. and yeah, 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 I know. I picked up one book and that was the Bible. Wow. And that, I started reading it. That's dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> because it'll ruin, you know what? The Bible will ruin a lot of preachers' sermons. Sure. The Bible itself. Mm. Because it takes the twist out of it. Exactly. And I started reading like in, in matter of fact, let me read it for you, ladies and gentlemen, so you can understand this. I started reading such passages as Acts chapter 3. Now check this out, ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen, this is going to blow your mind. This will blow your mind. Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 19, says, Therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. Verse 20 says, So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and so that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is Jesus, this one heaven must receive mm -hmm. until. So it, it gives a criteria there. Exactly. Heaven holds on to Jesus until. Terms and conditions. Yeah. The time all things are restored. Mm. Heaven's going to hold Jesus until everything's restored, which it says, which God declared um, from time long ago through his holy prophets. Wow. There's a prophecy, a major prophecy, because people are, you know, big into the prophecy, sure. especially with that anti-muscatology. Look at the prophecies. Look at the exactly. pro prophecies are being fulfilled. Well, well I can show you one off by heart, Psalm mm -hmm. 110. It's an end-time prophecy. It's a prophecy that the scriptures has said concerning the Christ. And Jesus himself actually quoted that psalm, Psalm 110. Mm -hmm. He quoted it and, and, and he referred to himself that people can understand that he is the son of God, that he's with God. And it says, the Lord said to my Lord, right. sit at my right hand yeah. until, you see, there's that word again, until yeah. I make your enemies your footstool. Yeah. He's going to stay there. So that's part of the promise of the restoration. Yes. And 
And, and you, we could find different ones in there. There's still a prophecy. I, I, you know, I wasn't prepared to go no, down we, this road. We, but did, we, 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 never <laughs> we didn't plan this, ladies and gentlemen. Way, no. But there's still a prophecy that all the nations will go to, to Jerusalem and be taught the law of the Lord. Sure. All nations, all yeah. people. Yeah. That's never happened. And that falls under the whole new covenant, by the way. Exactly. That falls under the new covenant, and it still hasn't happened. Yeah. As a matter of fact, right now they're at war. Yep. There's not those people were there to kill them, not to sure. learn the law of God at their at their hand. So there's still mm -hmm. prophecies that aren't fulfilled and don't look like they're going to be fulfilled for a little while. Mm. And so many people are are just like, no, he's coming tomorrow or next week or, you know, or, or they've been checking their calendar. Oh, he should have been here by now. And I'm like, you know, and, and I'm all for numbers and symbols and I love those things. I do agree with them. And I can see, you know, 1200 years this way, 1200 yeah. years that way. And I love it. <laughs> and and we spoke about it the other day as well about this whole thing that you know a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years and oh jesus is coming for a thousand years and and i believe it i teach i teach the millennium it's going to happen i know yeah. it's going to come yeah but then they take it like well you know since creation you know it's going to be six days and then it's the day of rest and i say okay if, if you want to take it and you want to take your theology we are in the hebrew calendar yeah. which mm -hmm. is from Beginning, beginning of creation exactly and i mean it's being taught now big everybody all of a sudden knows the hebrew language right, right, uh, right. but we're in 5784 <laughs> at the moment meaning we are on 5784th year which according to right. your eschatology means that we have another what 216 something like that You're right exactly because years left they're they're basing it on that 6000 year Exactly. working out plan and according to god's timetable we're exactly. still over 200 years out yeah according to god's timetable but not man's timetable and, and, and <laughs> isn't and that they, funny and, and exactly and they use that to say but jesus is coming tomorrow morning yeah i'm like no uh, i'm sorry the math doesn't add up according to your standards now i know what somebody's thinking somebody's mm -hmm. going to listen to this and right about now because we're hammering th their belief system they're going to you but what if you're wrong I have no problem with being wrong. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible clearly teaches, and, I, uh, and uh, you, you already touched upon it in Luke, mm -hmm. do business or occupy till I come. Exactly. Not sit around and be worried that somebody's going to come and steal your lunch. Mm -hmm. Occupy. Do business. Mm -hmm. What I ultimately want to teach people is quit looking at all the negative things that Satan can bring. Sure. Quit worrying about an antichrist that may or may not appear on the scene in our lifetime at least the end we know the spirit of antichrist is already here sure that's that's true first john exactly but um uh and and we were talking about that yesterday that portion of it um you know first first john by the way ladies and gentlemen the book of first john is the only book in the entire bible that mentions antichrist exactly like that yes the beast in book of revelation people assume is antichrist but there's nothing that connects them directly no it's an assumption it is and um i don't use that kind of language but to assume does something mm. anyways i wish i could say it on the air but i'm, I'm i choose not to i'm hey, trying to stay better but it brother. does make i'll put it this way if you were to write assume out of it it's spelled a-s-s-u-m-e you can put a a, a, a line under a-s-s a line under you and a line out of me, under me. Wow. To assume makes a, I'll, I'll say it like this, donkey mm. out of you wow. and out of me. Wow. That's, that's what assumptions do. Wow. And I know it's a, 
a, a funny play on that word, mm -hmm. but it's still the truth nonetheless. Wow, I can just feel somebody's like mad on the other side. Oh yeah, they're going to be mad, <laughs> but it's assumption, you yeah. know. And 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 I'm not even saying that it's not necessarily got some truth to it, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, it's still an assumption, and we sure. have to treat it like an assumption. Exactly. And we have to look at it as an assumption. Mm -hmm. You know, there truly is a beast of sure. Revelation. Sure. I'm not denying that at, no, all. Not at all. And there's truly an Antichrist of First John. Exactly. Not denying that at all. Not at all. Are they the same? Don't know. I have. To, if I'm trying to put them together, it's an assumption. Exactly. Or an opinion at best. Yeah. And, and so what we've got in the body of Christ, unfortunately, is too many pastors and preachers are making too many assumptions. Yeah. With nothing to back up their assumption. I mean, we talk about absolutes and variables. I mean, variable is the the rapture theory in itself is so variable that there are yeah. three main different teachings yes there. so it's variable it, it, it's not an absolute the absolute however is as the men in that same acts stood and were looking at jesus the angel came and said men of galilee why are you staring the same jesus that you saw go up in the same way he's going to come back right that is an absolute yeah the yeah. way he's going to happen might be variable in our understanding but we need to prepare for him to come back. Yes. That I've never denied. Right. No, no, no. What, what, what we have said, however, is occupy until he come. Don't yeah. just sit and, 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 and be Star Trek and say, be me out of here. Yeah, exactly. Or, or um, again, one of the things that we're seeing in our, our day and age is the idea based upon that mm. end time theology that Jesus is coming back any minute now. And it kind of goes back to what I experienced. Sure. Because I had somebody tell me, well, that's just dumb and an excuse. Well, maybe it was as a kid, but it still happened. But I see the same exact same thing with churches, with Christians, with preachers and pastors. They're not engaging culture, society, politics, education, all of these different things mm -hmm. for the exact same reason why I didn't go and plan for a future. They're not planning for a future. Mm -hmm. They've given up, the, especially the political realm. Sure. You know, um, or they're not pressing in in their businesses, their small business or medium sized business to become a mega mm -hmm. business, multi billion dollar business. Exactly. Because of, you know, whatever reason. And a lot of that is that backdrop. Exactly. So we have given over all of these things that shape culture and society. We've literally handed them to the devil. Yeah. And I, and I want to kind of like go back to the body of Christ and, and which is the church. I want to go back to that thought and that. Uh, the original intention because I mean we just read in Ephesians that the father has made Jesus the head for his church the body so he he kind of like makes that pinnacle that kind of like the head mountaintop yeah. of it all the father has decided for the sake of Jesus it is for the sake of his body right so I want to read a scripture there an end time church theology scripture an end time scripture of Isaiah Oh, how do you say Isaiah in American? Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah. We call it Isaiah. Uh, chapter 2. And I'll read it there from verse 2. And I love, you know, I love it when, it, when the numbers run 2 verse 2 and 11 verse 11. Oh, and I'm those glad things. you're going here, yes. Uh, he says they're in the last days. Right. Uh, you can clap hands again if you like. Oh, yeah, in the last go. days. Right. Hallelujah. There we go. Oh, Oops. there we go. Hallelujah. Last days. So All we're right. talking about last days now. <laughs> he says they're in the last days. The mountain of the Lord and that temple will be established as the highest yes. of all mountains. Yes, yes, yes. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And you see, and this is where your, 
your, your, your, your end time prophecy is coming together because if you keep reading here, he says, let us go, let us be taught of the Lord. But yeah. we, will, we can continue that. But I want to focus on the idea that we need to understand that the highest mountain, like those mountains of Lons right. the highest mountain out of them all is the Lord's mountain, right. which is the church, the body of Christ. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And what's interesting about the Lord's mountain as well, I'm so glad you came here because I was just pondering that in the back of my mind. What's interesting about the Lord's mountain as it's depicted, it's the Lord's mountain. When we talk about the seven mountains, what sure. is it? It's like business, finances, arts, entertainment, uh, government, business, education, family, uh, church or religion. Sure. Oh, that's all of them. That's seven. So that's the seven mountain. The Lord's mountain is not the eighth mountain. No. I know a lot of people think, oh, that's the eighth mountain. It, it sort of is, but it isn't. No. The Lord's mountain is the culmination of all the other mountains. Sure. When he lords through his people, he exactly. becomes lord and king of all those other mountains. Mm -hmm. That's it's similar to the way we are grafted into exactly. the vine. Exactly. Those are, if you will, to use that terminology, grafted into sure. the overall and makes up the overall mm -hmm. mountain of the Lord. So in the mountain of the Lord, you still have business. You have to. In the mountain of the Lord, you still have education. Sure. In the mountain of the Lord, you still have, you know, arts, entertainment, exactly. media, all of those things that mm -hmm. make up the, as, as uh, again, you, using a lancism, the mind molders. Sure. Is now under the control of the mountain of the Lord. Exactly. And, and that is the occupying force. Thank you. And that's where we believers are, are, are to work towards and become the occupying force in every mountain of mm -hmm. culture and society, and we bring it into the mountain. And of I'm the so Lord. glad you're saying that because that is why we need to get our people off welfare. And, yes. And out of that place because yes. we shouldn't just idly sit by, but we should actively engage right. and reach for the top. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that again. I mean, this is, see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I love hanging out with this man. When we, when we travel and we do uh, conferences and preaching and we do a lot of like leadership training, yep. we, I don't, we tried one time to sit down and kind of plan and get a plan together and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, it didn't really work. But what did work was when we just did what God called us as individuals to do, we found that it flowed together as if we sat down. It's like a tag team. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a phenomenal thing to watch and mm -hmm. I still get amazed by it. Amen. But, um, you know, back to the welfare thing. And I don't want to pick on anybody on welfare. No. I'm just telling you that you are better than that. Exactly. You have more in you than that. Take it for what it is. It's a hand up. Yeah. Take it for as a hand up. And get on your feet. Yeah. Get on your feet and then get out of it. Exactly. And, and, and make, it, make your life work for yourself because you, you, you rule and reign in Christ. Exactly. I had a conversation with the pastor. This goes back several years. And uh, I don't know how we got on the subject of welfare, but he told me, and this is apart from the, from the discussion I had with that young lady. This is mm -hmm. someone even before. He told me that, uh, that it, like half of his church was on welfare. And that kind of shocked me. And uh, I said, well, um, when's the last time you, you preached on, along those lines to help these people get out of welfare? And, and he just looked at me kind of like, ah, oh, and I was like, I, I, I never preach on that. Mm. That's why half your people are on it. I get you. I'm not saying get up there and bash people for being on welfare, but no, 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 no. teach the principles to get them off of welfare so yeah. that they can be self-sufficient. Or I should say this, instead of government sufficient, God sufficient. 
There's a thing that they say, if you, if you don't know better, you can't do better. Yes. Yes. And, and I think that is, that is a part of the, the, the church mountain strategy that we, we need to inform people yeah. on all those different levels. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, and I mean, you, you kind of like touched a little bit about it, you know, the prosperity mountain and then the rapture, get me out of your mountain. Right. Um, that, uh, how can I say it now softly without trampling too many toes? Trample away. Uh, oh, yeah, it's table flippers. <laughs> table flippers. Hey, Flip their tables. Flip their tables, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I almost lost what I wanted to say now. Is that good? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, that was just so good. Yeah. We, we, we need to, to, to acknowledge that as the church that needs to rule and reign overall, it's made such a mess of it yeah. that our financial advice wasn't sound financial advice. Yeah. Uh, our health advice wasn't such a health advice. I'm, I'm rem remembering, you know, going to some of these meetings and, you know, the pastor will say, you know, oh, we don't cast, we don't drink, we don't smoke, but we do eat though, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they're like overweight, you know, sitting yeah. three chairs full. And so yeah. they're as unhealthy as you can find, but thank God they don't take a sip of whiskey. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, 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 for those who are listening, I'm not saying go and get drunk. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying we need to acknowledge that, you know, the church has missed it in the past by theories and doctrines that we were preaching. And, for instance, the whole financial way, you know, yeah. sow a seed and, you know, win your million, you know. Um, right. Do I believe in seed? Absolutely. Right. Do I believe in tithe? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a living testimony in an African mm -hmm. culture and a country that sowing and reaping seed time and harvest, it works. Yeah. It works. It does work. It does not work, however, like the prosperity teacher tell you, you know, you know dump it in the bucket and walk out and get your right. Bentley there in the, yep. in the parking lot. That doesn't work. Right. Um, we need to understand that I mean, seed time, harvest time. As long as this earth endures, yep. we're going to have to labor, invest, yeah. and get the money. And the world system know how to invest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they know it well. I mean, Jesus goes so far and he tells his disciples, go and learn you from them. Yeah. Observe them. Learn from them. Exactly. Uh, so we, we, we need to acknowledge that maybe we, we have to acknowledge that there is a bit of pride before and we thought we knew it all. And the fruit of the evidence of the tree shows us that, um, nah. Because where are the multi-billionaires within the church? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been saying that for a long time. Exactly. And, and we need to come back then to the understanding of there needs to be an apostolic work within the church, the body, in the business realm. There needs to be an apostolic prophetic work, a foretelling of, you know, let us go this way, because right. there we will find victory. There has to be that the evangelist, and, 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 and forgive me my, my translation, that can redeem that which belongs to the devil and snatch it out right. and put it in the kingdom. Yeah. We need to have the pastoral that, needs, that can take care of that which are now part of heaven and sustain it till the very end. And then we need the teacher which comes back to the discipleship. So yeah. it's like... Repeat the process. Right. Teach them. You go out and do the same. Yep.
Yeah. We need to apply those things. We need to get back to the reality of the truth of the matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's interesting when you were just speaking, something triggered. So I looked up, uh, I found Deuteronomy 8.18, and this is the passage that tells us that, um, remember the Lord your God, for he is the one who gives ability to get wealth. Yeah. Okay, now it's interesting because in the, in the body of because Christ. Because of covenant. Yeah, and this is part of the covenant. This is this He is says it's there. If you, continue, if you read exactly. the whole verse, it says, because of my covenant. Yes. He goes on. I didn't read the whole verse, so I will. So God gives us the ability to get wealth. If you do this, he will confirm his covenant mm -hmm. that he made. So if you do this, sure. he confirms the covenant with you. So mm -hmm. it's wealth is part of the covenant. Exactly. So that word, of course, I just triggers things in my own mind. I need sure. to know. Uh, inquiry minds must know. So the word wealth in the original language in the Hebrew means, of course, wealth, but it also means strength, might. It means force. It means army. That's powerful. So he gives us the ability to get, and a lot of people say wealth, and, and so the people that are against the prosperity message dismiss this. Yeah, they, 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 there is a big yeah. portion of the church that say, oh, the blood of Jesus is washed all away. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Right. And then the prosperity people love it because they focus on the, when I say wealth, I mean like what we understand to have wealth, money, exactly. gem, jewels, gold, whatever it is, exactly. big cars, big houses. And I guess that could be part of it. But when I read in there in the original language means strength, might, force, so what, army. So what you are telling me is that the tithe has got the key to start the battle tank of God. Yeah. That occupying force. And, and because, because it's a force. Yeah, it is. It's a force. That's deep, man. It's, it's militaristic. It's an army, militaristic. Sure. It's force. And so, yes, it has the, the component of wealth. Sure. But how do you get that wealth? Exactly. Through force. Mm -hmm. Through an army. Now, we know not natural force that we're going to go rob a bank. Sure. But certainly, that means we are to rule just like we were reading all the way back in uh, Ephesians, rule and reign yeah. in the high places. And we are to have wealth, but more than wealth that we could put money at, like, like money. Because mm -hmm. to me, that's not even really the issue. It's about the resources and the ability to uh, rule and reign in the high places in Christ Jesus. I want to add a scripture to that. Uh, it's, it's Ecclesiastes 9 from verse 13. And he says, I saw under the sun this example of wisdom and great... Uh, that greatly impressed me. There was a small city with only few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, built a siege work against it. Now, living within the city was a poor wise man, and he saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered that poor man. Hmm. You see, the church has the answer, and we know that the answer is Jesus, but nobody's paying attention because the church is poor. Yeah. Oh, and and it seems like we're having a difficult time to get past this place because, uh, like I said, come back to the thing. And I know it's not just merely just two camps mm -hmm. or two ideas, but that concept that one camp can't see the value in the other camp mm -hmm. and then work together to bring about something mm -hmm. more holistic. Mm -hmm. There are those who are called to, to that, if you will, warfare sure. that are going to go and hammer things, exactly. make way for as we were saying, the occupying force mm -hmm. that's supposed to then go and build upon, if you will, uh, that um, on the accomplishments of the first group. Yeah. So uh, imagine that you and I want to go to some nation and, and preach Christ for the first time. Exactly. 
No, they've never heard the gospel. We're the first ones there to preach Christ. We're going in there as that warring force yeah. to bring down the powers of darkness that rule and reign over that area, destroy those things, free up the hearts and the minds of the people, preach mm -hmm. the gospel, get some people saved. But it's going to be very rough, very raw. Sure. My hope would be that after we can establish like Paul would do, you mm -hmm. see this in Paul, after Paul would go and do that type of thing, mm. uh, find the people that are sharp in the spirit, called by God, leave them as the elders, mm -hmm. leave them as the ones that can run a church, start a church. Occupying force. Yeah, they can occupy it on that level, mm. but then those other apostles and prophets and such can now swing through there, mm. build them up even more. And, and yes, there's still warfare, Sure. but it's a different type of warfare on a different level mm -hmm. as they're releasing those things that now can build, if you, I'll use this language, the infrastructure of mm. the church so that they can grow from that place. Mm. But both groups have to be working together in accordance with it and understand their unique calling, who they are and what they're doing. But in the modern world, and I'm not saying this is every Christian, every church, ladies sure. and gentlemen, please don't misunderstand me, but it's big enough. And you see, you can open up Facebook and find some preacher bashing, say, Joe Olstein mm. or some other mega church pastor. Now, some of them, I'm, I, I, I just know they just need to step out and let leave it to somebody else. I'm not mm. saying all mega churches are good or sure. bad. I'm just using that as an example. Exactly. So instead of pointing fingers at them in that regard, sure. I mean, if things need to be addressed, they need to be addressed. Yeah. It would do us all a world of good if we can humble ourselves. Yeah. Ooh, there's an ugly word, humble. Humble ourselves enough to see the value in that other preacher or that mm -hmm. other camp and do our best to work with them exactly. holistically. You see, that is that scripture of the body. The thumb is not better than the finger. Right. The eye cannot tell the ear, I don't need you. Right. And if we can get to a mature, healthy understanding that there is a healthy place for every type of ministry and church out there. Right. With the understanding that we as a whole of many parts should rise up to a higher level, mm -hmm. grow all together yeah. to a place of maturity. Right. Then I think we can be a generation that can prepare things and start to right. rule and reign and set things in order so that our Lord and Savior right. can come back. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying or what we're saying. This doesn't mean that just because, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the mega church just because it seems like if you're a mega church pastor, you come, uh, uh, you come under fire just because you're a mega church pastor. Or if sure. you're a wealthy pastor, sure. you know, I'll put it that way, you come under a lot of fire. Mm -hmm. That, that, for that or in that needs to stop. Exactly. I don't care if that pastor, preacher, Christian has a $10 billion in the bank. Mm -hmm. So what? He has eight airplanes. Who cares? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. The things that need to be addressed are sin. Exactly. If you can point sin out in his life, a clear sin, not mm -hmm. just something that you think, oh, it's a sin to be that rich. No, it's not. No, it's not. Then Abraham would never have been a friend of God. Exactly. And Job would never have been praised by God himself to even Satan yeah. for being an upright man when he was one of the most wealthy people on the planet at that time. Yeah. So wealth isn't the problem. If you can point out sin, that needs to be addressed. I agree with it. Let's flip some tables then. Mm -hmm. But don't flip a table over something that's silly just because a guy has a nice house and a nice car. Exactly. Okay. That's number one. I've, 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 I've seen even on the other end of the scale that some people are proud to be poor. 
Yeah. And they refuse wanting to get out of it. Yes. Because uh, that means they're going to have to humble themselves. Yes. And then go learn from somebody yeah. that actually knows how to make wealth. Yeah. And on and just this is my own. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I am not a wealthy man by that standard at all. I, mm. I mean, I at all. So I am not trying to talk like this, like I'm in that camp, trying to defend that camp. No. I don't care who it is. I don't care if they're making $20,000 a year or $20 million a year. If there's sin, let's deal with the sin. Exactly. That needs to be dealt with. If it's not sin, mm-hmm. then the next thing I would say beyond you know, that aspect is how do we work together? Exactly. What are our unique callings and how do we work together? And um, so I'm not trying to defend the wealthy because I'm one of them, exactly. not at all. I'm not trying to defend the poor because I'm one of them. That's not the issue either. Mm. Uh, but we need to take that off the table. Mm. We need to stop worrying about how much money people have. It's not a sin to have money. No, it's not. The Bible says that money is the, is the root, or the love of money. I'm sorry, the love of money is the Thank root of so all much. evil. I was about to not like money itself. point my finger in your nose. Hey, just quote it completely. <laughs> you you me the it is the love of yep. money. It's the love of money. Yeah. And I, I'll, from my own just um, experiences, I have seen more pride, more arrogance, more haughtiness in people on the poorer spe- spectrum than on the more wealthy sure. spectrum. Some of the most humble, gracious people exactly. that, that I've met and this is just my experiences, mm-hmm. have been wealthy. Sure. Because there's no pretense at that point no. with them. And, and, and most, well, I'm not saying all, but most wealthy people have come to that place in their own heart and mind that if you don't like me, so what? Mm. You're not going to change my life. So and they don't have to show exactly. this pretense. Exactly. And just to kind of dabble a little bit on, on the understanding of that, there's a saying, if you, if you mix yourself with the pigs, you will be eaten by the pigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, it's it's an African saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and here's the truth: if you look around you and you kind of like find your five friends. Now, it's going to sound strange, but I don't think I have five very intimate friends. I'm a very seclusive type person. I don't allow a lot of people close by me. Yeah. But let me take the five people around me that I'm the closest to, mm-hmm. and they say mathematically, you can add it all together and d- divide your money. That's where you're going to end up. Yeah. Meaning that whoever you hang with that is going to become the average of your life. Right. So uh, you, if, if you want to stay in the ghetto, you're going to end up being in the ghetto. If yeah. you come out of the ghetto, you're going to be out of the ghetto. Yeah. And here is that a rich young man told me one day. He said, rich people have rich friends. Exactly. Because they don't ask for money. Yeah. And if you are poor and you want to become friends with a rich person mm-hmm. never ask him for money right not because money is his god and the rich person will always accuse the or the poor person will always point up to the rich person and say, oh he loves money mammon yeah. it's not what it's about right it's not what it's about does the scripture say that money is his fortress yeah let's go right over it but right. the scripture also says if you want to come into the presence of a king and i know it's not bribery Mm-mm. Give him a gift. Exactly. You know, honor takes you far. Acknowledge when somebody, hey, that guy's got a gift. Yeah. That guy's got a gift of money. Let me position myself. And something that is big in America is life coaches. Mm-hmm. Guess yeah. what? If you're not good in something, find your coach. Exactly. You know, don't be twice as humble to say, I will figure it out by myself. Right. 
you only have maybe 90 years to live. Right. It, it, don't reinvent the wheel. There are people out there that know how to make business and how to do yeah. well. There's people, they say 95% of all millionaires in the United States inherited nothing. Right. They came from nothing. See, and that's one of the things that a lot of people think, oh, yeah, he just inherited his money, his family. Yeah. No, most millionaires in America had to work for it. Exactly. And I, I saw this recently on uh, social media that um, if you hang out with four wealthy people, sure. you'll be the fifth. You will be the fifth. If you hang out with four uh, wise people, you'll be the fifth. Exactly. If you hang out with four educated people, you'll be the fifth. True. And there's a, there's a power in that principle. Exactly. You, you become who you hang out with. Exactly. And it's just the reality. And, and, and vice versa. I mean, Paul says, you know, bad mm. company corrupts good character. Exactly. If you hang with drunks, you're going to become drunk. We yeah. spoke about the guy that played Frasier. Uh, I mean, he made a great film of, of Jesus' revolution. Yeah. But when he played in Cheers, right. All right, he came out and said, by playing in that movie or that sitcom, right. he became an alcoholic. Mm. And he struggled for years with alcoholism. Wow. Because of the whole setting yeah. of in a bar, pretending you're drinking, and he literally became an alcoholic. Yeah. And that's powerful, and that's just a sitcom. That's just was his job that he went to. Exactly. He played that. He wasn't necessarily that, but he became it because he played it. Exactly. And, that, and that's powerful. That's what a lot of people have to understand, even in, in all of this. You see, uh, Apostle Rihanna and I, Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, our heart and our passion is, is for the body of Christ to come into its fullest. Amen. To come into its fullest because we know, uh, I can see this in scripture, but I, I also know prophetically, you know, uh, spiritually speaking. It's, that it's inside of us. It's, yeah, it's our DNA. Everything exactly. in me is crying out for more. Yeah. And I want to see people prosper. Yeah. I want to see my son become double as what I was. I yeah. want to. I want to see people in my church raise up and 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 go out and plant bigger churches. I want to see that. You guys couldn't see this because this is a podcast, but my hands were up in the air like hallelujah. Hey. Yes, it's a principle. It's a absolute principle. Just like when Elisha said to Elijah, "I want a double portion," and and in the scripture you can read about the miracles of Elijah. Elisha received the double portion sure. and did exactly double, at least what was written about in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And there's that principle. Elijah was the, the uh, father figure. Elisha was his son in the, in, in the spirit. Mm -hmm. He received the mantle, making him now the new father figure with Elijah's mantle and the blessing of his father, uh, not only Father God, but Father Elijah. Mm -hmm. And he did double. Uh, and so... My heart has always been, uh, and I and I still stand this, raising up the next generation, sure. imparting into them so that they can go out and do a bare minimum double of anything I've been able to accomplish. You know, spiritual sons, but also my natural sons. Exactly. I will have failed as a man of God, but also as a natural father. If if the people that I bless and move on that come after me exactly don't do more than what i've done i've failed and, and that is the abraham blessing because yeah. god came to abraham and said in multiplication you will be multiplied and in blessing you will be blessed right and there's a principle in in the cell-based church uh, uh community that that you multiply and right you know there's a i always use it in church kind of it's, it's like a mathematical conundrum it, mm -hmm. it makes people think and, and I want to share it with everybody that they can just think a little bit. 
they say there is a, a plant that grows on a pond and it's growing mm. and it in itself has the ability to double. Mm. And then one day doubles and the next day doubles. So it multiplies daily doubling itself. Right. So they say, let's say this plant takes 500 days to cover the whole pond. Mm-hmm. When will it be half full? And then everybody goes like, hmm. And they, they're trying to mathematically work out now when is half. But let yeah. me say it again. It multiplies in itself every day, right. doubling, 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 doubling. By day 500, it is full. Right. Then people want to say, but by day 250, it is halfway. Mm-mm. And it is not. Right. It is on day 499. Wow. You're right. I know. Because on that next day, it would have doubled, exactly. filled it. And we, we tend to look at the church and we say, wow, you know, we've been around for 2,000 years and it looks like we've accomplished nothing. Mm-hmm. I believe we can be a generation that when we start yes. really multiplying, that the one day it will look like we've got nothing and the next day we can reign. And that right. is such a, a Joseph principle. Yeah. The one day you're in prison, the next day you can reign. And I want yeah. to kind of like speak out to people out there that, that feel like they are in a difficult spot, in a difficult situation. I don't have money. I don't have this. I can't rule. I can't reign. Just stick with it. Just mm-hmm. if, if you're going to tithe, stick with it. If you're going to give, just stick with it. Stick to that consistency. If you go yes. to school, work that job. Uh, if it feels like a dead-end job, uh, dig a hole. Right. Uh, get around the wall. Yeah. Um, just keep going. Just keep going. And let that blessing of the Abraham, which is the father of our faith, by the way. Right. Let it multiply. Yeah. When it looks like you only have a, a one Isaac that is the son of the promise, just give God praise because just keep going forward. Yeah. You will accomplish and the body of Christ will rule and reign. Absolutely. No, that's very, 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 very good. And um, when you said that about the plant on the pond, and I'm like, oh, isn't it? I know it's not too, but you're right. It's yeah. not until the the if it's day on day before. 500 that the pond is full, yeah. 499 is still only half. If it's doubling. It's just the day before. Wow, that's so profound. you are one day away from your miracle yeah, breakthrough. Pro- that is actually profound. So ladies and gentlemen, at least what I got out, uh, among other things, is don't give up. Never. Um, you, if you're honest with yourself mm-hmm. and you really just step back and and take a, 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 a you know look at your life mm. i can guarantee you, you're going to you're going to see the good bad and the ugly mm-hmm. you're going to find oh yeah i really excelled here i did this i accomplished that i accomplished this you're going to find those areas oh i messed up a little sure. bit here or, or or i thought this was going to work and it didn't work mm-hmm. but in every step exactly you've you've learned something yeah you've learned what to do what not to do you've grown mm-hmm. you've persisted even what you might think is a, an immediate failure, you persisted, you're still here, you're still pressing forward, you're still going. Don't look at it as a failure, look at it as an education that's gonna help you and you're gonna keep pressing on. And one of the, and, and you watch, at some point, and I'm not talking the 30 or 40 years plan, like in 40 years, you might have some level of success, but you keep persisting in the things of God. You keep persisting in obedience to him. Mm-hmm. The, the tide will change and it'll it, yeah. it, it'll be like one of those as we would see in the scriptures suddenly yeah and when a suddenly there's okay let me let me explain this there's no such thing as a suddenly with God what I mean by that is there's a suddenly in the full manifestation of it 
but that suddenly has been at work for many years. A long, long time. In our hearts, our minds, our actions, our persistence. Yeah. The suddenly that we talk about is that manifestation sure. where it all comes together, it makes sense, and now you are reaping the benefits Absolutely. of all the work that you put in before. Absolutely. Jesus Christ was prophesied for 2,000 years, yes. and suddenly he came to pass. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Tim Allen. He's a comedian. I like yeah. him. And he played in one of the sci-fi films. It's like a comedy. I can't remember the name now. But they had the slogan, yes, never give up, never surrender. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, if the body can have that same attitude uh, as an yeah. occupying force, yeah. never give up and never surrender. Uh, take right. back the arts. Take back yes. the entertainment. Yes. You know, yes. don't bow down to that mammon spirit to tell you, take off your clothes, you get it the job. No, right. no, 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 no. Hey, cover it up. Uh, Stand, stand your ground. Right. Uh, get back into the hospital. Get yeah. back into the the uh, uh, political realm. Get right. back into those areas. Never give up. Never surrender. Pushing. Keep pushing forward. We are the body of Christ. We right. are the fullness of God in all. Right. For everyone and everybody, yep. we are the answer yeah. that everybody is praying and hoping for. Absolutely. People are praying and saying, oh, Superman, come save me. Lois Lane, oh, right. hallelujah. Right, right. No, 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 no. You are the Superman. Exactly. You are the one that everybody's crying right. out. And you might just do, be one step away, one day away from that multiplication effect in your life that right. today you might look like you've got nothing and tomorrow you might just rule it all. Yeah, that's very good. Rian, I'm going to have to uh, wrap this one up, but I know we're going to do another one before you have to go back. At least one more. Sure. Maybe five more. Why not? <laughs> Let's knock them out. But I want to leave everybody with this thought. Do you have anything that you want to share with them uh, parting? Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And, 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 you know, even me in Africa, mm. I, I, I'm, I'm following it and it's good. Yeah. And, and I'm looking forward to where the, this all is going. And yeah. to those who do listen, just want to say from myself, love you so much the lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace oh thank you thank you and, and many blessings to you rian and and everybody listening uh, i'm going to leave you with a quote that one of my um trainers he was an mma fighter he would tell us this every time we got together to uh to work out and to train and such he said he would always say, uh, now I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> uh, practice harder than you fight yeah. and then fight harder than you practice. Yeah, that's powerful. And uh, you can train that, to change that to change. Train harder than you fight, fight harder than you train. Absolutely. And you'll always win. And same thing, it's not just in MMA fighting, it's in every area of our life. Train, but train hard. And then when you have to get into the fight, fight harder than you trained. Amen. So God bless you all, and we will be back very, very soon. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye!